0: Last year, the new Labor government vowed the climate wars would end. Soon after, they legislated their 2030 emissions reduction targets with the support of the Greens. But the bill that's arguably more crucial, more important, outlining how certain industries will get to that target is driving a new wedge between the government and the minor party, with an outcome still unclear. There is yet to be a deal. Energy and Climate Change Minister Chris Bowen joins me now. Minister, welcome back to Breakfast.
1: Always a pleasure, PK. Good morning and good morning to everyone listening.
0: Last night, a Senate committee released its recommendations for the mechanism, but the Liberal and the Greens issued dissenting reports. Now, the Greens say the safeguard mechanism will increase pollution from coal and gas and make climate change worse they are the votes you need and they say your bill makes it worse. How are you going to get it through?
1: Well, you're right, Patricia, the Liberals have made themselves irrelevant to this process by opposing a policy they themselves promised they would implement, i.e. safeguard crediting. But put that to one side because that's that's the modus operandi of Peter Dutton. In relation to the Greens, obviously we've had ongoing discussions and we'll have ongoing discussions but our position is the same in private as is it in, is in public and indeed Mr Bance is, to be fair, our position is we sort of mandate to implement these reforms. This is really important and these ongoing discussions are important because the opportunity before the parliament uh, over the coming weeks is either to seize the opportunity to reduce emissions by 205 million tonnes or to squander it That's what the Parliament has the opportunity to decide in coming weeks. Now, I'm confident that the Parliament will seize that opportunity because the stakes are too high. This is almost a third of our emissions, 205 million tonnes of emissions reductions by 2030. Yes, of course, when you're doing a big, complicated reform, Patricia, uh, the Liberals will say this is a disaster, the Greens will say it doesn't go far enough, but our our track record in government under Anthony's leadership and the way we intend to proceed with this is to get the job done.
0: Okay, but why let the Buy carbon credits without any limits.
1: Well, because Patricia, what we're doing is a, as I said, a large and complicated reform process which covers a lot of different industries, 215 different facilities, 84 of which are, you know, fossil fuel facilities, but many are different uh, types of facilities with varying degrees of capability at the moment to reduce their emissions on site. Take cement, for example. It's complicated and difficult uh, to reduce emissions without reducing production or, or reducing staff. So we don't want that to happen. So we do need to provide some flexibility. because but this we're is unlimited flexibility. Well, we're requiring, Patricia, 4.9% reduction in emissions each year. That does require some flexibility. But what we are doing is providing that incentive... And that certainty for firms to make the investments in on-site abatement, some of which will be available now for some of the facilities, some of which will take some years to develop, but they need to invest in it now. And the framework we're providing provides that real incentive for those firms to really get serious about on-site abatement. But it does necessarily provide that flexibility as to how they'll do it, particularly in the shorter term as we're waiting for that technology, whether it be cement or steel or other things to come on.
0: Okay. Last time we spoke, I asked you a question and a lot of my listeners were were concerned that you didn't answer it. So I'm going to ask it again in this interview. It's like an ongoing conversation we're having. Why do we need new coal and gas?
1: Well... What we need is a sensible saying. No new coal and gas is frankly a slogan, not a policy. What we need is a sensible transition to a much more renewable economy. So let's just take the national energy grid for example, and then I'll deal with manufacturing. But the national energy grid, Patricia, we're going to get it to 82% renewable by 2030. That's 82 months away. It's a huge task, a big lift. It'll still mean 82. of the 82% renewable. 18% will be non-renewable. That means you've got mm. to have supply. You've got to okay, have the supply. We need renewables. new and coal then, and then, well, gas was the big you've, you've, you've got gas fields, um, you know, with reducing um, production in the southern states, for example. We need to ensure that the gas-fired power stations have supply, and that's before we even get to manufacturing, which for which green hydrogen will step forward, uh, and I'm very confident will replace natural gas, but it's not there yet. And and, and it's several years away. So we've got to get this transition right. It's, it's all very well, with due respect to the Greens, for them to say, we want this and we want that. Our job is to manage this transition. I get the that. Most, but the I'm fastest, going to politely the most complicated to transition. to ask why new and, and keep,
0: supply, though? Why isn't well, what we I've have. Just, no, well, I don't feel like you have with. Well with you've got
1: you've got examples respect. of, I don't of get it. Well I well with respect, Patricia, you've got the C, AEMO pointing to gas shortages at various points. Yes, we've got to manage the export market. Uh, a lot of this has already been contracted. You can't disturb that. You've also got to manage the ADGSM, the gas code of conduct, all that we have in place. All that we so have So we're in going place.
0: to need but new all, gas supply, you're well, saying I'm,
1: I, what I'm saying is it would be irresponsible supply. to have it would be irresponsible, Patricia. Let me make it very clear, as the Prime Minister is saying in a speech this morning gas has a role to play for peaking and firming for many years to come it would be irresponsible to put some sort of blanket ban uh, on as we are undertaking this massive transition coming after 10 years of denial and delay starting in 2022 to get a 2030 target yes it's ambitious and difficult and complicated. So we s- will do it. Okay. Okay. We will so let it, me just get need- to the
0: heart of this because last night I watched um, Chris Bowen speaking with my colleague Sarah Ferguson on Seven. I think you find that
1: was Adam Band.
0: Up, uh, Chris Bowen. You're Chris Bowen. i the course. other guy. Yes, yes. <laughs> that's that's an embarrassing misspeak. You've caught uh, me. Co- no, You've no, caught no, me. But um, I've still got the question, and this is it. Correct. Right? All good. And he says, "You just changed the laws to ensure there's enough supply. So why do you need new supply? Don't we have enough no, well, gas?" That's-
1: with respect, that's not quite right. What we did is put a gas supply or a gas price cap on in December with the support of the Greens and the crossbench, which we acknowledge and appreciate. No support from the opposition. Uh, but it does not provide an opportunity for the Parliament or the government to go in and cancel export contracts, and nor should it. Uh, there'd be constitutional issues, there'd be sovereign risk issues, there'd be trade issues. Uh, what we've got to do is I'm very keen to ensure that. We have as much domestic gas supply as is necessary and possible, of course. And that means we have to have difficult conversations with gas companies, which we've had, about the Code of Conduct, about ADGSM, the, the trigger. But you're saying uh, we're going to
0: need more gas?
1: I'm saying it would be irresponsible to have a blanket ban on, uh, of the nature of which the Greens have indicated. Be- because you is think we, a we might need is to green
0: light more gas?
1: I'm suggesting, Patricia, I've said it now, I think six or seven times, it would be irresponsible to have a blanket ban. I've said that consistently from the beginning. That's been our position in the private conversation with Mr. Ban. It's been our positions publicly. And Mr. Ban's position has been the same privately as publicly. That's their view. But it's an offer, not an ultimatum. He's happy to have good faith talks. We've had those and we'll continue to have them.
0: Okay. Major Australian investment groups have told the Australian newspaper they'll be recommending three changes to increase integrity in the scheme that you're trying to legislate uh, by forcing heavy emitters to release time-bound climate transition plans. Do you think that's a good recommendation and will you take it on?
1: I certainly think, Patricia, that the conversation about transparency and openness and, and plans which are there for all to see is a very fruitful conversation to have. I, I certainly think that's. So I think it's a, it's a, it's a suggestion by those groups which is worthy of further discussion and consideration. It has been uh, something which has been on my mind about how we could improve the transparency of the of the arrangements. And certainly, they are the sorts of things that I think uh, sensible people would and could contemplate.
0: How confident are you that the pipeline of new coal and gas projects won't blow out the emissions budget in your safeguard mechanism legislation?
1: Well, when you talk about just just firstly, Patricia, this concept of a pipeline. Now, Mr. Bant with respect says, "Oh, well, there's this pipeline of, of, of projects that Labor wants to approve." Now, that is not the case. What there is is a register of, of projects which companies have, you know, filled in and said, "One day we might want to develop this, or we're interested in developing this." They've, many of them are yet to get environmental approvals, final investment decision, board approval, insurance, finance, etc. And you know, increasingly, shareholders, investors, consumers are demanding better of companies, and that's a good thing. So, this idea that there's a guaranteed pipeline is not accurate or correct. And and then and and then indeed, they have to get environmental approvals and then comply with the safeguards mechanism if they are if they are large emitters. Now, in relation to this, we've factored into our plans a reserve of 17 million tonnes to to cater for uh, the flexibility we need. But also, Patricia, if if this reform passes there will be a constraint on carbon of existing facilities and new facilities. If this reform does not pass, there will be no constraint. No constraint. So, th- again, the choice for the Parliament is, do you want business as usual, which is seeing emissions from these facilities go up, existing and new, go up, or do you want a constraint okay. in place, which this policy provides, which will see emissions come down? But if
0: you want to get and- your legislation through, you have to negotiate it. Now, yesterday, Independent Senator David Pocock told me he's still got serious concerns over the legislation and he'd like to see a cap on how many carbon credits a company can buy or use. You, you, earlier, you told me you thought that that you needed flexibility. Uh, that means you could still have a cap with some flexibility. Will you consider that?
1: Well, I've had discussions with Senator Pocock, and we'll have more. But uh, without revealing those private discussions, again, my position publicly is the same as it is privately: that if you put hard caps on Accu use uh, when you are requiring four point nine percent emissions reduction each and every year, uh, then uh, that is a problem because you've got industries which won't be able to comply with that without without accessing ACCUs. Now, people say you can't offset your way to net zero and you can't offset your way to um, the 1.5 degrees, and I agree with that. But I also, I also think it is impossible to do it without offsets. I mean, offsets are the net in net zero. I mean, we all talk about net zero. Technically, it's the policy of all the parties. Yeah, it's Labor, about Liberal, the National, unlimited
0: nature of the offsets.
1: But net is the net in net zero. I mean, so let's just let's just be... The offsets are the net in net zero. So let's be clear about that. Uh, and they do have a role to play. Now, again, if you are going to suggest that, the you know, no facility should be able to use more than X percentage of offsets, then you have to explain with respect how an industry which doesn't have the technology yeah. readily available in, in large amounts just yet, whether it be concrete or steel or some of the others would be required to reduce their emissions. And with respect, nobody has been able to do that because Just, nobody can.
0: Minister, finally, uh, the Greens leader, Adam Band, that's his name, um, uh, has made it...
1: Only our mothers can tell us apart. Well, <laughs> yeah.
0: has said that you, you're going to have to give a little. I mean, that's the thing. You've got to do do a deal if you want to get this through. What are you giving? It seems that every time we speak, you sort of you, you're well, but... spruiking your plan, but what are you willing to negotiate on?
1: Well, Patricia, with respect, you're one of Australia's finest journalists, but you're not a mediator, and we don't need a mediator. Mr Bant and I are having those discussions, and, you know, they have been good faith discussions and with goodwill, just as Mr Bant and I negotiated the climate bill, the electric vehicle tax cut, and with the Prime Minister, uh, Prime Minister's involvement, the energy relief package, I mean, we get things done. And yes, we start from different positions. Uh, but of course... Uh, so you going to give a little? Record, well, well I, I'm very keen to get this through, but our... Our negotiating mandate is very clear, and as I've said a number of times in this interview, it's the same in public as it is in private. Mr Bance is the same in public as it is in private. He said uh, his position is an offer, not an ultimatum. I... I appreciate and respect that. I think that's the right approach on his behalf. And uh, we'll have ongoing discussions. But as I said, the opportunity for the Parliament is to seize or squander uh, this chance to get emissions down by 205 million tonnes. This is the only only opportunity we have to get emissions down in our largest industrial emitters. The country has been getting emissions down from electricity. We have plans to get it down much further. We have plans on transport. Uh, We're working on agriculture. But this is the big opportunity when it comes to heavy industry, which is almost a third of our emissions. And if we don't seize this opportunity, we will not be on track uh, to do the sorts of things that we can do as a country and catch up on 10 years of denial and delay.
0: Minister, thanks for your time.
1: Always a pleasure, PK.
0: Climate change and energy minister, Chris Bowen. You're listening to ABC RM Breakfast